Well, welcome to this week's podcast of Live Transform. So glad you joined us. Good to have Jim here with us. Audrey, yeah. what a wonderful day ahead. Uh, I love I look I, forward to I woke it. up this day and I went, this is a really good day. I get to see my friend Jim. Uh-huh. That's right. And, and um, that's a good thing. I, was, I always I want to say excited. good morning, but I never know exactly yeah. when, when people you're listening, are listening to this. Yeah. So welcome, Jim. We're so excited for today's podcast. Talking I am about, too. I am too. We always talk about Jesus, it seems, every time. Why not? <laughs> It seems we always come back to that. Like, what are the odds of that? But listeners, we know that you are on this path. And last week talking, Jim, what really helped me last week was when you talked about that whole mountain thing. Like, you know, we're going to have to get to the other side of the mountain and, and, or we have to move the mountain. And sometimes we climb it. Sometimes we blow it up. Sometimes we have to just walk to the other side. But, um, we can't presume the process that just because it worked last time doesn't mean for sure it's going to work this time. And that helped me because I like to think, oh, something worked. I'll do it the exact same way next time. You know, that's just how I roll. That's what we were taught, you know, in the Word of Faith movement. And I'm not trying to kick the Word of Faith movement because I'm thankful for the good things I did get out of the Word of Faith movement. Me too. Very thankful. But basically, if a person ever got something to work a a certain way or it worked for them, Uh then basically... Uh, because because we remove the dimensions of personal involvement with God, because we move the, we remove all the factors that that require wisdom in the way we you know of application. We remove all of these factors. We totally remove the concept of the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us, and say this is what worked for me. So this must be the answer this this must yeah. be the formula it, and it must get it work forever and ever amen and yeah. i think a lot of times our intentions are really good we oh, want yeah. to help people yeah of course and it worked for me and but again removing the element of relationship yeah that's that's where it, it really begins and that's where you do it really experience life yeah you know you know we've said we've talked about this on here that truth is absolute but the application of truth is yes. 100% variable. Exactly. And I don't really think many people, I'm, I, th- yeah, I think people say, okay, that sounds cool. But I don't know if people take that to the place of life, <laughs> al- life application right? And say, uh, and say, okay, what does that really mean? Well, what it means it, that what, we have to trust Jesus every single day and not pretend yeah. we think we know what we're talking about all the time. Yeah, it, it means that in every situation, yes. I know that I need to be open to being individually and personally led, you know, by mm. the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that the truth, you know, that promise is sure. That promise is absolutely sure. But, you know, uh, that promise being sure, again, it's not a formula. God says, this is yours. And if you trust me, I will show you how to walk into this. We got we got to remember mm-hmm. something. Wisdom uh, is basically when you see the word wisdom anywhere in Scripture, it's talking about practical application. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, if you have no practical application, then all you're left with is a formula, a, a ritual, or you know something oh, that yeah. something that something that, you know something goofy yeah. and 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 so you start thinking that that formula or that ritual is what makes it work and every time you're in a situation you try to work that formula or ritual mm-hmm. and you know what i do find though i just want to say from the positive standpoint of that when when the holy spirit leads us into a quote unquote formula that really works for a certain situation it's like because that practical wisdom worked, it is kind of like a new thing in our toolbox, like a new thing that we have that if we need it another time, we'll remember and go, oh, this is the one. This is the way it worked. And I'm, and the Lord's leading me towards this one. So it's not that we don't, you know, articulate how it worked one time because there will be another time when God will remind us and say, remember that one, do that one this time. Oh. You know, so it's, mm. there's, it's not a... Um, a disadvantage to be, have all this experience of different ways yeah. because it's very helpful. Well, I'm I'm really going back, just kind of tumbling in my in my mind here, just that component of relationship and the disciples, you know, walking with Jesus and Jesus, you know, uh, being baptized and meeting up with John the Baptist and and John. You know, in his life, Jesus really affirmed, yes, you know, referring back to Malachi. Yes, John is, you know, in the Elijah. He referencing yeah. all mm-hmm. of this. And but John 
sitting in prison, he sends his disciples and says, you know, are you the Messiah or not? Because it doesn't, I'm not, you know, should we be looking for another? Because it's not looking the way I thought it would. It's not, mm. yes, Bob. You see, and even the disciples like, Jesus, you know, are, are you the Messiah? And you never question the love of mm. the Father. But then sometimes in the process and in the journey, sometimes mm. you think, hmm, it, it doesn't look the way that I thought that it might. And Which, so, and this is the, and this is where the relationship yep. is really developed because as you're saying, yes, the promises, they're absolute. Yep. They are, they are yes and amen. But as they live and, and, um, are applied in and through my life, it looks different. Well, you know, this is where these scriptures that, you know, that we get into about uh, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. You know, I, I've, I've seen thousands of people quote that scripture and then go out and try to make it happen the way they thought it should happen. <laughs> so they were immediately, yeah, they were trusting that the promise was good, but, th but they immediately turned around and said, now I'm going to pursue this the way that makes sense to mm -hmm. me. And you know, the way that makes sense to you is usually going to be your denominational background, your upbringing, some cultural influence in your life, some person that you looked up to, some person you watched. And you some know. way that it worked before for you. Yeah. 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 And so, so again, it's like what, what we, our tendency is, and, and sadly, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just so sad for the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I know probably to a lot of people, they think I'm just hammering the church, but I'm not hammering any local church. I'm not hammering any pastor, but I'm saying the body of Christ as a whole has just lost its way. And, mm -hmm. you know, in a lot of the younger churches you go out and, and of course they really don't, most of them don't have good worship. Uh, their worship is not intimate, is not directly connecting them to God. It's good songs. There's nothing wrong with it, you know, per se, but it does not inspire, you know, a personal connection. And then even in the area of healing and the promises of God, they, so much of the body of Christ today that I deal with or that I meet and talk to and consult, you know, people come to me for consulting, that sort of thing. Even when they believe in healing, they actually don't know why they believe in healing. They have no idea where healing comes into this new covenant. As a matter of mm -hmm. fact, they don't even know there is a, they, you might use the word new covenant. They don't know what that means. They don't know that there's a, that there's a covenant and it's been defined in the Bible. And this tells us the provisions of the covenant. So you find people that know all the right words, which would mean that on some level, doctrinally, they're not really off base, but they still can't get stuff to work. And so, because they don't know, you know, what is the, again, what is the basis for this? You know, how, where did this promise become mine? How do I know that this promise will really work for me? How do I know God will do this for me every single time? And so, and so kind of the issue is, is this. And, and by the way, just so our viewers will know, I might ramble just a little bit today. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of moving a little slow mentally today. But uh, so if I ramble a little bit, hopefully it'll be good stuff. I'll, you know, hopefully, I'll, hopefully I'll stumble across something that's hey, good. Hey, listen, hey, hey, Jim, if anyone's going to ramble and still be profound, I feel like it's you. So we're well, good. But, <laughs> but it, it, it's, I'm sad for the body of Christ because, because you know, the heart engages personally with God. The yes. heart engages in a way that takes hold of the word of God that says, this, this is not just what I have. This is who I am. This is my identity. This, and, and so really it's almost, it, this might be a good way to describe it. I think there's a bunch of good ways to describe it, Yeah. but the, but the, the real root of, of following God from a crisis to you know, to the outcome of, of the covenant, is a uh, is really just a process of uh, of renewing our minds, you know, putting off any beliefs that uh, that are connected to the old man, any beliefs that are connected to anything outside of this new covenant that we have, and then put it on that put it on that new man that with, with that with that outcome, but actually s s stepping into that. Mm -hmm. literally stepping into this identity 
and and being not just not just being the person that got healed but or not just uh being the person that could believe for a healing but believing the person that lives in this realm of healing this realm of life this realm of prosperity this realm of of blessing and peace and so so it, so because all of us have a different background mm -hmm. we're all coming out of a different sense of ourself you know we've all we, we've we've all got certain aspects of how yeah. we see ourselves yeah and how we see god and so that's that's why it has to be individual because it's easy to open up the bible and say oh here here's that promise here's where that promise is uh but but it's a whole nother thing to walk out of your personal background which always has to do with your identity to walk out of that and walk into being that person that is living in that promise does that make does that make sense? That seems awful wordy. No, no, no. It's a lot of stuff, and it'll actually change your day-to-day. -day. Like, everything you just said will change your day-to-day mm -hmm. -day and how you are re responding in situations. Because if you see who you are and how you see God, it changes everything. I was recently talking to someone who was in um, going to a family reunion where it has never gone well. Do you know what I mean, Jim? Like, oh. it's like, this person always does this, and this person always does this. And so they were talking to me about it, and you know. What I mean? No, no, no. So, so the perception is set. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of perception, right? the perception is set. And it going can go for fifty this, years. Right. In this relationship, this is what happens, right? Right. right. And this person rarely asks, um, you know, for you know any help, but they said, "Well, I'm in this situation, and this is happening, and you know, I just want to go." This is in. the way it's going to go. Speaking of SEMO. So pray for me because it's going to be bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pray for me because this situation is never good. I'm like, okay, and I said because she's doing this, and then I, and then that's it. Then she just does this and this. So I said, I said, how about this? I said, why don't you remember? that you you're you're really easy to love just say to yourself i'm so easy to love and she says what i said yeah so don't be reacting to what she's that this person in your family is saying to you because if you do you're just judging that person and she goes yeah i guess i i said you you know you're judging that person right and she goes yeah i guess i am i said yeah so instead of judging them why don't you just go, oh, you're right and i'm so easy to love and so she, i said tell that person they're right a lot and just tell yourself you're really easy to love. So she said for three days, she kept saying, yeah, you're right to this person. And then she kept saying, and I am so easy to love, you know? And anyway, she said it had never gone better. She said, yeah. I, she, I said, you get an A plus. Like she just kept saying, you're right out loud. And then to herself, I'm easy to love. And, but that is just like a practical application to how we see ourselves mm -hmm. and then how we're going to actually respond to the people around us. Like it changes things when we know we're oh, loved absolutely. and easy to love. We'll stop judging people and it'll change things. Absolutely. You know, when you, when you think about, and I don't know if you guys don't want to go here, we won't, but you know, when I think about this whole concept of I've, I've got to walk in every situation, knowing the promise, yeah. but I've got to have my heart open to God and be able to follow where and how he's leading me in that situation. And, you know, I've shared bits and pieces of this before. I might have shared it in detail. But, you know, it, you know, I, I've, I've experienced some really pretty miraculous outcomes of physical situations that, <laughs> yes, should, you have. <laughs> you know, that should have been the end of my life. Yes. And the interesting thing about that is very seldom did I walk through any two processes the same hmm. you know in other words i would know the promise so the promise is i know what the outcome is right and, and so so if i know the outcome uh and or the or you might say the destination then yes. all i've really got to have is, is, is i've either got to have a map to follow which is most of us want a map because yes. a map tells us every turn that we're going to make on the journey <laughs> I, I don't know if i can you know I, i'm going to try to explain something that I, I don't even think I can explain. So I, I, this, this is maybe <laughs> that nothing. Sounds, that sounds very exciting. This sounds like, this Come on, Jim, get, get your map out. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so now stop and think about it. Let's say, um, let's, let's say that a person is, uh, is 
has a child that that's in some rebellion and uh -huh. they're, they're, they're trying to figure out what to do. Well, you know, you can go to the Bible and you can find out a lot of things you should be doing, you yeah. know, that are, that are absolutes. They're clear and they're simple. But, but really, all of these things that you're going to do, they, they have to be applied in, within the context of, of what will work in that person's life, the mm -hmm. behavior patterns. You know, one time we were standing downstairs at my house. You guys remember Claire Brown, my buddy from, from yeah. uh, Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. you know, Claire and I are great friends. And uh, so somebody walked up to me, and Claire was standing there, and they said, uh, uh, and they, they said, Jim, I, I just need to talk to you a little bit about my, one of my kids. And they said, you know, this, is, this kid just talks to me so disrespectful. And what would you do in a cer certain situation? And I started to answer. And Claire said, wait a minute. And, I, he, and he said, Jim is not qualified to answer this question. <laughs> and I thought, well, okay, maybe, maybe I'm not, you know. You know? And uh, wow. uh, so uh, the person, what do, you, well, what do you mean he's not qualified? And Claire says, well, because of who he is, and how he's related to his kids all of their life, that that would just never happen. They they would just never do that. Oh. And so and so he can't really speak from experience uh -huh. to where you are. Interesting. Because he you know, through the exact same thing. I, oh yeah. yeah. And I thought about that for I thought about that for years. How many mm. times we get into a situation that the real truth is, we know what the outcome to expect and we know a lot of the pieces mm. of the puzzle mm. but here's where the variables come in so let's say that let's say that's your child mm -hmm. okay number one is a male or female you know okay. is uh, uh how how old are where, where you know, because you know certain years certain things happen you know and and yeah. and certain metabolic things happen that cause certain problems uh are, are you are you in a good marriage bad marriage mm -hmm. i mean so, so you start going down this list and you and you really start saying okay there's all of these factors mm -hmm. that play into this yes you know maybe one parent's dominating one parent's uh, permissive you know who mm -hmm. knows so mm -hmm. but but you just come up with these hundreds of factors that you can identify yes but then here's what you don't know uh, who are they hanging out with at school? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, who do they walk home with? You know, uh, I mean, you know, you just go down this list. Who are they talking to on Facebook? And so suddenly now you got thousands of variables. Mm -hmm. And people say, yeah, but, you know, people say, well, yeah, but the word of God, it, it never returns void. I'm like, really? So, so you're telling me it's always worked for you? <laughs> Oh, well, no, but never... <laughs> how about train up a child in the way they shall go and then they won't depart from it. So you obviously did something wrong. Yeah. So, so, you know, here's the thing. If God hands us a map, mm -hmm. a map is a fixed factor. Yes. So a map is going to say drive 10 miles and then on this particular road, turn right, go two blocks, turn left, drive 25 miles, do this. And so a map is based on directions that with an assumption that every, every point is fixed. They're not, none of those points are going to change. Right. And so see, we get this idea. I, oh, by the way, Jim, I like that map. I'm smiling. I? I like that map. I'm smiling. I like God. Can you give me a map? Well, you, you know what? <laughs> I, I like. I've come to learn to, that God doesn't give us maps. No, He, he gives us road signs. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know you know that. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> but but when you talk about a map, I start feeling like, oh, could I have one of those? But oh, I know. I, that's exactly the way I feel. So you know, so so you you get this idea that if you just had a map. You'd know exactly what to do, and you would obey God. Well, first of all, you wouldn't. Because the first thing you'd say is, this is too complicated. I'll never figure all this out. I'll never get through all this. This will wear me out. You know, you'd give up, you'd give up your first day because there'd be too many details to juggle, be too many times to check. Oh, wait a minute. I was supposed to turn left right. here. Oh, wait, oh. oh you know, so, no. So you're yeah. trying to work... Uh, you're trying to be in a living situation, a dynamic yes. situation yeah. where all these factors can change, but, uh, but you don't know they're going to change. You don't know when they're going to change. And so, so the real truth is if God gave you a map right now for how to get this wayward child back on track and have their life come out perfect, the only problem would be 30 seconds from now that map would be out of date. 
because <laughs> it's true. That is yeah. such a good way of saying this. Because this you got is all so of these, you got all of these dynamics, all changing these variables. variables, and these yeah. moving parts, these yeah. these constantly moving parts. So if the land, if you're trying to draw a map on a land that's moving, it wouldn't yeah. work. Yeah. And so people well, say, it, "Yeah, but God, God's God. He could. He knows all that. He could just tell you that from the beginning." Oh right. my God! And yeah. so when we when we feel as though that I have the map, yeah, okay, I've yeah. got the plan, yeah, okay. <laughs> all I need to do is control everyone. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> See, if I get to control everyone, and you play your role exactly, yeah, then we can make it happen. Just yep. stop. So now, part. if it doesn't, yep. if it do, if it doesn't work, now it's your fault. Yep. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Bob, you that, that is nail on so head. profound. What Bob just said. It oh, is. Because if, then, if you have the map, then you want all the parts to stop moving. Everyone needs oh. to stop moving. Yep. You just do as so I. As I can I say. turn left in ten mm -hmm. blocks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so, so here would be the thing, you know, number one, the, that, that journey would be so complicated Yeah. and, and, and like Bob said, it would throw you, I mean, it would throw you neck deep into <laughs> attempting to control everything Everybody. and everyone around you so yes. that, so that you're not really then having an interactive heartfelt transformation happen in that child. You're just controlling all the circumstances and kind of building a fence around them to hedge them in, yeah. uh, uh, but it has nothing to do with them really developing. Yeah. So, you know, we think we would want God to explain, well, why do I need to do this? Why do I need to do this? Why do I need to do this? It's like, it's like, it's like your kid in the backseat. Are we there yet? Are, Are we, we there, there yet? yet? Are we there yet? Oh my so gosh. We, we just, we had a very fun weekend. I'll just throw in this personal note here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a very fun weekend. Our daughter, Janelle, and her husband, Daniel, the four of us, we traveled to Mexico. Yeah, we went to the beach in Mexico. Okay. <laughs> we crossed the border, and Bob didn't have a, anyway. So we, we a passport. We, anyway, <laughs> we went to Mexico. Had a wonderful weekend. Again, not knowing what was ahead of us. No idea. Never been no, there. No, not knowing anything. But we're up for the adventure. Right. So we we really asked our nineteen year old Robert son to come along. And please come, please come. He's yeah. like, no, no, no. No all, desire. All weekend long, we're kind of like, boy, I'm so glad Robert's not here. Because he would hate this. <laughs> he hates it because he likes the plan. Right. What yeah, are right. we doing? Where are we going? Yeah. What's next? Where's Where are we having dinner? What's, what's that? And we're just like, we don't know. Yeah. We honestly, and it would have driven him crazy. Yeah. And the four of us yeah. were great. Yeah. We, we were like, when you have four people that all love the adventure. Yeah. So anyhow, then note number two on this, and this okay. is just for the fun of it. Today is Robert's 19th birthday. Oh, Isn't that, that is, awesome? That, that is hard the, the, the recording of this uh, 19 podcast. Years 19 years old. Yeah. So I just wanted to yes, uh, celebrate. We're doing Yay. a shout Yay. out to Robert Happy Theodore. Birthday. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, you get, just like you're saying there, it's, it's like, you know, we got all these things that we think would work. But, you know, does that mean we think it'll work based on our intellectual capacity to capture and memorize and follow all the instructions? Oh I mean, you know, what? It, just, it just gets so yes. convoluted. Yes. And 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 now you talk about you talking about getting uh, mystically spiritual. Yeah. Man, that that person that thinks that they've got a map. And, and they're trying to work all these things. I mean, they're always really mystically. Oh, this, this is it. This is it. You know, I, you know, <laughs> yeah, so true. Like, okay. Even though you, even though God just told you this, you know, he's giving you all this, you know, you know, how do you know in your heart that, yes. that this is, that this is a third road on the right. Seeing how that, seeing how you can't see any roads, it's mm -hmm. all in your heart. But anyhow, so, <clears throat> but the point is this, uh, if we trust the Lord is our shepherd, and you know mm -hmm. I, I think that I think I think that is one of my all-time favorite names of God. Oh yeah, the, the Lord is my shepherd because mm -hmm. because you know you know I've told y'all before when I came to the Lord, you know, growing up without a father, and uh, you know growing up just the way I did, not really being taught anything about life. You know when I came when I came to Jesus. I desperately recognize my deep, deep need to learn how to understand life and how to how to live and how to get along with people mm -hmm. and 
you know, how to act in public and all, you know, and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. And so, so it, it was just very desirous for me yeah. to want to have somebody to lead me, somebody to yes. teach me the things that, that, no yes. one, that no one had taught me. But <clears throat> so what happens is, you know, most of us start moving toward the promise. You know, we're going, we're going from the problem to the promise. And we start moving toward that promise with some, uh, some degree of, okay, I'm trusting and I'm yeah. open to God. Yeah. Some degree of, I've already decided how I think this is supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, so we go into all of this thing, you know, with all of this. And so, so, so we're not even fixed for sure. Am I, am I, am I following the map or am I following the shepherd? You know, I mean, we're not even sure from moment to moment, you know, which one we're fixed on. And so we never just settle the most basic question. And that is the promise. What is the promise? What is the promise based on? Am I qualified for that promise? And have I really established this as mine in my heart? And that's, you know, that's where it starts becoming part of your identity. And now you're not trying to, now you're not trying to, Force yourself to walk a path that's uncomfortable because it, because even then it doesn't even become about the path. It comes about the person who is leading you on that path. And that mm. person that's leading you on the path is the Lord, your shepherd. Hmm. And so you really get, you really get unconcerned about the path. You get yes. unconcerned about the journey. You get unconcerned about how long it's going to take. You get, you know what I mean? You get unconcerned about how many turns that you're going to make and you just, you just make the journey because you're following the Lord, your shepherd in your heart. I think you just described the most, you know, you, you, you've talked about writing the, the future book one day, the measurement of maturity in a, you know, a believer. But I think to say what you just said in those last two minutes, Jim, I have that promise. I'm persuaded that I'm the, the person that I am that person who easily follows and I trust. Yep. And I'm now unconcerned about the path and the journey and how long it's going to take. If we're not concerned anymore about the path and the journey and how long it's going to take, but we are absolutely persuaded and confident in the promise, we're set up for amazing right there. Oh, yeah. Like we're set up for the adventure. We're set up, you know, it's pretty amazing. You know, Romans 8 talks about, uh, talks about faith, and this, this verse has been taken out of context many times, but talks about, you know, faith being about, uh, you know, about something uh, that you haven't seen yet, you know mm, what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> but, but, you know, but, but he, he makes this statement about how that, you know, we're all waiting, you know, for the manifestation. And, and there he's talking mm. about the ultimate manifestation of, you know, of, of the life of God back in planet earth when all of the earth is redeemed, you know, from, from mm. sin. But, but this applies on an individual situation because he, and he says, if we wait with hope. Now, hope is confident expectation. Mm -hmm. He says, if we wait with hope, then we wait patiently. And so, you know, one mm. of the things people realize, if I don't get my heart anchored mm. in the promise, the reality of the promise, why? Uh-oh. Hey, Hooch. He's liking this. He loves that thing. Whenever you start talking about hope, he starts yeah, yeah. barking. We, uh, that's right. <laughs> when, when you follow the Lord as your shepherd, you can wait in hope. Yeah. There, there is always that joyful, confident, you know, anticipation. Yeah. Always. Oh, oh, absolutely. And, and so, so, you know, you, you see, when we're trying to work the faith formula, mm -hmm. it's hard to have hope because we're always trying to say, do I really have enough faith to make this happen? Which is not even a scriptural concept. That's, <laughs> that's why people talk. So, so, you know what I mean? So uh, we're not waiting confidently. Right. We're we're waiting very unconfidently. We're waiting. We're we're wavering back and forth as the circumstances <laughs> change, and you know we're trying to talk ourselves into believing that we actually have hope and have faith. Okay, uh, Audrey would probably describe me as one of the most patient people. Yes, I have lots of patience. Yes, and that's and I've and I I put this to because I can wait with confidence. Yep, I, I honestly can. And, and I, I think my sweet love 
that's where you might struggle there a little bit. Oh, oh, he, oh, this is, oh, let's write this down. What podcast is the one where we talk about the other person and what they struggle with? I think we're turning the corner. That's what we're going to do from now on. Let's talk about what we, the other person struggles with. 100% yes. No, no, no. But I'm I, just, I, I was just, well, I'm very confident, but I'm very, not patient. I'm very well, confident that the promise is there. Yeah, no, I know that. But not very patient not, always. Not, not with timing. Not with timing. You know something, yeah, not I, don't with know timing. You, I don't know if you've encountered this, but, <laughs> you know. Uh, you realize um, what you just did. I'm I good did. at this. You're I not. <laughs> having, having patience is very annoying to, to other people a lot of times. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. I feel like Jim's now understanding me a little bit more because it doesn't even feel like patience. It just feels like, are you moving? Like, yeah, it's like well, are you going to do we, anything? What are you going to do, are you gonna do about we, this? Is there any progress here? Um, yeah. You know. Uh, right. Because there's, 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 it feels like there's progress people and there's patient people. And it's like. But see, when, when, we, when, we, awesome. when we are losing patience. No, when we are losing our minds. Okay, now keep going. <laughs> that's the next step beyond losing patience. Okay. That's, that's the one right after patience. Oh, okay, okay. When we're when struggling we with patience. patience. And remember, patience functionally is the ability to stand under pressure without wavering. That's the functional, yeah. yes. what, yeah. it, functionally right. what it looks like. So you know, it doesn't mean you don't have inner distress to some degree. It doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't mean that you <laughs> don't have some thoughts that maybe go one way or another, you know, momentarily. But it means that uh, that your confidence in the outcome is such that these things that come to you do not really move you. Mm. In other words, you, you know, you don't really go into wavering. Uh, yeah. you, because wavering is where you shift from one opinion or one point of view to another. Right. One. And every time you shift and you put your attention on another out, a point of view or another possibility, yeah. then your emotions change. Yes. And yeah. man, that, that, that is a torment. And that's why that person cannot receive anything from the Lord. And that word receive is, 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 is uh, the word to take, to take hold of something. Right, mm -hmm. right. So, so, you know, when, we, when, we, when we're making this journey, you know, we're, we're going to just really, we're going to subconsciously decide, well, what is my trust? What is yes. my hope? What, you, know, yeah. you know, what is my basis for this? And... Um, uh, and, and once we know that, then we're able to, to maneuver through some really complicated things without losing hope, without giving up. So, you know, one of the stories that, that I use, one of the examples I use, and I'm not using this example because uh, I think I'm the great authority on this. I'm using this example just because it's my life and I've experienced it. And like I said mm -hmm. earlier, you know, I, I, because of being born with, with an, uh, congenital diseases, uh, it really set my life on, on, a, on a path where I just have had to deal with health things more than most people ever, ever would have to deal with health things. And so, and, and then, you know, a lot of them living a crazy, crazy young adult life and adding to my problems, you know, my physical problems. So, so several times since Brendan and I've been married, you know, I have faced situations that uh, I knew I either had to get it right or I'd be dead pretty quick, you know. And and you know the doctors were saying were saying that this is not just an illusion, you know, in my mind. You know, they were they were just saying, you know, here's what here's what we want you to do, and if you don't do this, these are going to be the consequences, and this is how long you're going to live, and da 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 da. And, and, you know, many times I did exactly the opposite of what they told me to do. Hmm. Well, the thing that, uh, and, and that I have always found so interesting is I have never gotten healed the same way twice. Really? Yes. Never. Okay. Now, the process huh. is the same. The mm -hmm. process is always about, I'm going to put off the old man. I'm going to put off any concept mm -hmm. of me not being healed or, mm -hmm. or me not being prosperous. I'm going to put off anything that shows me outside of who I am in Jesus and what I have in Jesus. I'm going to put that off. We're going to renew my mind, and then I'm going to put it on. Well, how do you put it on? You know, you, you meditate on it. You see it. You think about it. You ponder it. You, you know, how, all the different ways, all the different ways that you do it. But 
one of the problems is we try to we 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 we're being led but we keep wanting a map to tell us you know to tell us where we are and we want something to look at some we want some physical outward confirmation you used to drive me crazy even man when i was first saved when i was first saved i was going to this little baptist church and, and they needed an assistant pastor now I, I was somebody that that even though i'd only been saved five minutes i was somebody that they were kind of considering because i was a soul winner man I, I was packing the pews winning people to jesus so i was the kind of guy they really wanted involved mm-hmm. and so there was another guy there that really really wanted that that slot and so uh, it was the first time in my life I'd ever let, read about laying out a fleece, and uh, you know, for for those uh, for those of you who haven't, you know, read the Old Testament much, a fleece is really just a piece of. Or maybe you uh, weren't around in the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a fleece is just a piece of you know sheepskin or yeah. cowhide or whatever. Yeah. And so anyhow, uh, I heard the other guy talking about how he was going to lay out a fleece. And I thought, I need to look in the Bible and see a little bit about fleece. Well, one of the things I saw about a fleece, first of all, is that a fleece would be something that could could not be a- happened uh, circumstantially. In other words, it would have to be very, most people put out kind of a very circumstantial yeah. fleece. And then if they don't get the circumstance, the sign that they want, then they, then they usually just put out another fleece. Yeah. It, I mean, really, you know, that's kind of it. So I, I said, you know what, I'm going to put out a fleece because I, I, I kind of my heart, I'm trying to decide if this was something I would want to do or not want to do. So I did it just like the Bible fleece. I took a piece of material, I put it out in the yard, and I said, okay, if this is, if this is the will of the Lord tomorrow morning, there will be frost on the ground, there won't be frost on the fleece. Hmm. And, and, you know, and I follow that, I just follow that pattern. Well, it was kind of interesting because the other guy, and so for me, the first day it was no. And uh, so I said, okay, I'm good with that. And just, I just went on about my business and started kind of trying to understand where God was leading me for my life, my ministry. Well, the other guy put out a fleece and when he got a no, uh, he just put out another fleece. Yeah. He got another no. He put another fleece. <laughs> got another no. Yeah. It was like he was playing with it. Like, let's play the next game, see if this game works. But that's kind of the way we are when we're trying to make these journeys. We want some. We want to see something that is a an external intellectual confirmation, not not a signpost. You know, a signpost mm. is is something that happens in your heart that is absolutely in harmony with the Word of God, absolutely based on the Word of God. So, you know, uh, so. I've had, you know, I've had healings that happened where, uh, where li- literally not, no exaggeration, literally just, I would just make up my mind, get up out of bed. And, and I mean, I'd be in the hospital. I'd be all, you know, have tubes hanging out of me and all that kind of stuff. And I just make up my mind. This is it. And I was, that's it. I would just get up. I would disconnect myself from all the machines. I walk out of the hospital. Just that simple. But then maybe the next time I do it, it you know, it'd be a whole nother process. And, you know, one of the last times that I had a real dangerous situation happen a few years ago, uh, I, I, man, I, I felt off. I just didn't feel right. You know what I mean? I mm, just, yeah. like, and I, and my sense, it wasn't just physically how I felt because, you know, when you, when you got genetic disorders going on, you have, you, you face a lot of physical things that don't feel right but that don't mean anything right and so uh, but boy it, it wasn't just physical it was it, kind of in my heart i'm like something something is really not right here so um i went and sit on the edge of the bed and and i told brenda i said call, call my doctor tell him i think i need to come in and so she about rolled over because she ain't never heard me say call the doctor as yeah. yet mm-hmm. <laughs> so the doctor says, go to the hospital, get checked in. He, he was out playing golf or tennis or something. He said, now, what, as soon as I get through, I'll, by then you'll be checked in. I'll come and check on you. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, so sure enough, you know, a few hours later, he, he shows up and he comes up. and He's a, re- a real upbeat guy. And he's like, man, how you doing, Tiger? You know, it's all good. Da, 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 da. He said, listen, here's what we're going to do. He said, tomorrow morning, I'm going to come back in. And first thing in the morning, we're going to take you down to surgery. And we're going to do some exploratory work. We're going to see what's going on here. 
And so, you know, everything was all good. He turned around and started walking out the door. And when he got to the door, I mean, I don't even, I don't know what happened internally with him, but he just pivoted on one foot and turned back around and came back and said, you know what? I think I'm going to take you to surgery right now. Huh. And so, and so I was like, okay, let's go. And uh, so they took me into to surgery. And what they found out was I was sepsis, which meant if he had waited till the next morning, he would have probably found me dead when he came out the next morning. Or if he'd have waited long enough and put me under, when, when you get septic, you can't get enough oxygen in your blood to, to pull out. So a lot of times if they ever put you to sleep and they don't know that you're septic, they can put you to sleep and you won't ever come out of it because you can't, you don't have enough oxygen. You don't have it enough yeah. to revive it. Yeah, revive yourself. So, you know, it's like in that, in that situation, it was a medical solution. Huh. And people say, well, why would God lead you to do that? Because God's always, he's not going to just lead you in a way that fulfills the promise. He's working with where is your heart? Where are your beliefs? What are the variable factors? And he's going to lead you down a path that's based on how emotionally and physically and spiritually worn out you are right now, that you can still find your way to the promise. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and so well, the moment we start thinking, okay, there's one way that God's always going to do this, then, then the problem is we might pick a way that honestly is out of our reach right now, spiritually mm -hmm. speaking. For some, Very they might, good. I mean, what you experienced, is that anything less than a miracle? No. no. Mm -mm. Not, not at all. And for some, they, they, it's almost as though they, well, if it's, if it's God, then it's, then it needs to be that magic wand, you know, that, that yeah. would supersede anything, you know, that would be, you know, outside of, uh, uh, human interaction. Yeah. And it's just like, no. He, he is my shepherd, and yep. he's my good shepherd, mm. and he always leads me. Yep. He, he leads me to these pastures. He, he leads me to these places. He leads me. And so that's what I want the, the, you know, our listeners to hear in this is recognize you know, that the Lord is leading you, yep. and he will lead you. You know what, what you said there in, um, thank you, sweetie, because when the other thing you said there, maybe I'm worn out. I was thinking at the beginning of this particular episode, we talked about, you know, we need to, in, you know, the very beginning, the issue is the heart engages personally with God. Like we are engaging yep. personally with God mm -hmm. and this is who I am. But I just want to underscore that with what you guys just said, this is who I am. And this, these are my levels. You know how you have levels of health and levels of energy yeah. and levels I think we need to know who we are, but we need to be very aware and notice our levels. Like, Jim, you are one of the most, um, of everybody I know, I think you know you're, you're very aware, self-aware of your right. levels, right. your health, your joy, your peace, your everything. And you know that in order for you to continue to live and function the way you do, you need to have those levels up and you're constantly aware, yeah. even you, you, to the to the detail of your potassium levels and your magnesium levels. I mean, you really know not just your health levels, but your emotional yeah. joy levels and mm -hmm. peace levels. And I think that that's something that we need to be very aware of as we move forward. We might not need the map, but we do kind of need to be aware of our, our levels and well, really the, the signposts. Oh, those, okay. Those go. would be the oh, signposts. Yes. Those would mm -hmm. be the signposts. Yeah, the, ma the map is where it says you start here, you go here, you go here, you go, and, and, and everything's drawn out for you. Yeah. And you're really never, you're never trusting Jesus, and you're never no. following Jesus. You're following a plan. And trusting the map. Yeah. But yes. in, in signposts, you're following him, and from time to time, you're going to look around, you're going to say a signpost. That, that your heart knows this is yes. where I am. This is this. And, and so, so yes. it, it, it sounds so similar in some ways, but yet it's it completely is, yeah. different. It yeah. is completely different because a signpost can move, can be established within moving parts, those yeah. variables that are moving. You, you put that stake in the ground, that signpost. Oh, there's the sign. There's a the sign. Yeah. And then that you know, you know if you get lost when you're using a map too, then then you're always trying to get back to where you were. If you get lost when you're following your shepherd, you just it's, it's just like when your GPS says, 
take the next left turn. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you're, uh, you're going to get led back on track. So, so, you know, all of this gets into, and it's kind of the foundation for where we'll go in, and, and, and next week, and we'll talk about some, but, but this kind of gets us down into this whole thing uh, where, where we were, we, we were started talking, we, we talked last week yes. a little bit about, about perception, yes. about, about how we see things yes. and that, how that the, the enemy's real tool is to alter your perception. Yes. That is, that is yes. the ultimate game that he has. Right. Right. Now, sadly, people who have m- mystical spiritualism, you know, they think that that happens because the devil comes and whispers something in your ear and, and you know, and tells you something. But the real truth is that's not it. Uh, the, our perception changes when we put our focus on something that we trust more than the, the Word of God or where we just start paying more attention to something yeah. other than the Word of God and what, and what yeah. God is saying. And so when we do that, we have a paradigm shift. And, and suddenly we start saying, whoa, well, wait a minute. You know, I know I, maybe, maybe, maybe I need to look at this this way. Maybe I need to understand this way. And this, this is the core of what spiritual warfare is about. It's not really fighting personally with the devil. It's about fighting with, uh, with, in our own mind with the beliefs that we have uh, that are not based on the finished work of Jesus. And, and we, mm-hmm. we're going to decide which way we're going to go. Mm-hmm. We're going to go mm-hmm. with the finished work of Jesus. We're going to go with something that's sort of like the finished work of Jesus, but not so much. <laughs> with a little bit of me in there. Yeah. <laughs> Where I can focus, trust myself as well as him. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I can, I, I, and we talked about, a little bit about this over the past few weeks, but man, I can remember a period of years there of, of God constantly dealing with me about uh, how I, where I put my attention, mm-hmm. what kind of paradigms I created, uh, how that I could get myself to where, uh, in particular if I had a preference, where mm-hmm. something just looked so right that could turn out to be so wrong and so destructive mm-hmm. and bring so much pain in, into my mm-hmm. life. But, but, that's, that's the struggle that we're all placing. You know, do I know the Word of God? Do I know God personally well enough? And do I know and trust God enough or in such a way that it can overcome a lifetime of secular, godless, antichrist teachings? Hmm. Wow. When you said that thing about preference, you know, it looks good, but is it? You know, yeah. but do I know him personally and do I trust him enough even to move beyond my preference? You yeah. know, that's a pretty, that, then it, then it gets real, yeah. you know? Yeah. I told, I told the people in the, in our ultimate impact group. Yeah. When we started this, uh, this life transformation workshop on, on, uh, taking control, control of, your of your life. Yeah. I said, you know, one of the things I'm going to, I'm going to do through this workshop, if you'll, if you'll make the journey with me is when you are facing any out-of-control emotion or any out-of-control feelings or temptation, Mm -hmm. that you will be able to ask yourself two questions and immediately end whatever struggle you're in. Hmm. So so, so that, that that means then that a battle lasts, you know, about 30 seconds. Right. And, and so, you know, we, we started kind of getting on to, the, on to this, but you know, I'm not saying this is the totality of it, but one of the things I just have to decide in every situation, am I dealing, if I, am I dealing with reality or am I just dealing with my perception of reality? Hmm. And then the second thing that I have to decide is, do I want to feel this way? Yeah. There you go. And you know, once I once I make either one of those choices, the other one changes. The moment I say, you know what? No, I don't want to feel this way. How do I want to feel? Okay, this is how I want to feel. So I choose this. I put this off. Bow. If my feelings change, then it's amazing how then immediately my perception starts changing. Mm-hmm. So you know, we want to bring people to a place where you understand that the the root 
of every spiritual battle that you fight is all about your perception. Because the Apostle Paul said there, he, you know, he said there in, in uh, 2 Corinthians, you know, where, where he said, you know, we are not ignorant of his devices. He's talking, mm -hmm. he's talking about how that, how that Satan gets into situations. And that word devices in the Greek gets into, into perceptions. Mm -hmm. And so all that's got to happen for a good situation to go bad is for a change in perception. All yeah. that's got to happen for a bad situation to go good is yeah. for a change in perception. And, wow. you know, we make it way more spiritual than that. And people yeah. do a bunch of stuff that never works and they keep doing it. And I don't know why. But anyhow, where we want to, the journey we want to take people on, if we want to take people on, on a journey that says, uh, I, God has an absolute. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, and we will get into that absolute more next week. But mm -hmm. God has an absolute. And if I'm looking, perceiving anything in my life in a way that, that brings discouragement, if I'm perceiving anything in my life in a way that, mm -hmm. that makes me doubt God, that makes me fearful, that you know, or has any negative effect on me at all, then the one thing that has to happen is a change of perception. And the moment I have changed my perception, I am no longer in that trap that yes. Satan leaves yes. for me. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the most, I, you guys can see, tell me what you think, because I know we're, we've obviously done a long podcast already, but I will say that thankfulness is probably my biggest way out, is my biggest perception change. If I'm in a funk or things aren't going well or I'm starting to have doubt or unbelief, just the simple thing of just focusing my perception on thankful, what I'm thankful for and thanking, thanking, thanking. It's like I push through it, you know, often. That's just a oh, yeah. little practical thing, but perception starts for me when I start being thankful and then I can move into even more deeper, um, you know, points mm -hmm. of perception change. Mm -hmm. But yep. thankfulness kind of just snatches me out. Right, right. You know, it snatches me out of that, the tit, the pit. And that changes, you know, the perception or the direction of, do I really want to feel this way? Yep. So yeah. when you when you put on a thankful heart, then it's just like, no. No, I actually don't. <laughs> I don't feel yeah. like feeling like things no, right now. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I believe I'll take this over that. Yeah, uh -huh. I, I'm going to choose this. But you know what? Most it, it's it's easier once you get good at it. It happens easier, but it takes a lot of intention at the beginning. Yeah, Jim, this has been great. Oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, it, uh, if you want to wrap it up on kind of a uh, uh, a good spot. Well, why don't we? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, one of the famous, you know, devil fighting scriptures is Second yeah. Corinthians nine, you know, where Paul talks about, you know, casting down uh, vain imaginations. Yeah. And so now if you put this into context, Paul is saying, I am going to come there to you all. And he says, I'm writing this letter because I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys a chance to, to, to have a, a paradigm shift before I get there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and basically, he says, now, when I get there, all of these people that are telling you all of these things that are discouraging you and jacking you up and messing you up and getting you in sin and messing up your life, he said, you know, they may, they may seem powerful, yeah. you know, in, in my absence. He said, but when I get there, we're, we're going to deal with this. Yeah. And so the warfare that Paul is talking about that is actually going on in people's mind in this particular case, again, it has nothing to do with the devil coming up and whispering right. in your ear. It's not this, an outside force. No. This is in this case, it's about leaders telling people things that conflict with the actual finished work of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so he says, "Look, he says, uh, uh, he, he says, uh, uh, you know, we we walk in the flesh, but but we do not war after the flesh." And so, you know, many people have taken that to say, "Okay, then that just jumps right off to well, then we're fighting demons." Uh, if we're not fighting, you know, with the flesh. Well, I don't know that you can go straight to that because the flesh represents the whole concepts of of dead works, dead religious works. I mean, there's a uh, with uh, it can get into intellectualism. It can get into all kinds of things, but there's really nothing here to say that okay, if if I'm if I'm going to uh, not war after the flesh, that means I'm going to start screaming at the devil. That is not what he's saying. 
But he goes on to say, he says, for our weapons, the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. Not what that word carnal really means is natural. But more than anything, when you start thinking about the natural man, the natural man is governed by uh, uh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So, so the natural man, uh, his whole thing is what feels good. What, you know, and this gets into uh, what what things do I believe that shift my perception that say, you know, that sin is is more 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 fun than godliness or or, or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then he goes on to say, he says, and by the way, I'm just giving a thumbnail on this. So then mm-hmm. he says, so he didn't say that you cast down the devil. He didn't say you pull the devil out of the sky and beat him up. He says what you cast down is arguments. Mm-hmm. And, and what are arguments? Arguments are positions that people are, you know, where they're fussing with you and fighting with you and trying to force you to accept a certain paradigm, a certain perception, mm. a certain way of viewing at things. You know, one of the things I tell people all the time is one of the things you better remember every time you listen to somebody preach, they are trying to change, including me. Mm-hmm. They're all trying to change what you believe about God. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you better know what they believe about God. Yeah. Because every sermon and give them every time. sermon is designed to shift you, your paradigm to theirs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he says... He says, so our weapons of our warfare, they're not, they're not these carnal things, but they're mighty to God to pull down strongholds. Those strongholds are not demonic strongholds. Those strongholds are the arguments that we exalt in our own mind, and we actually exalt it above the revealed knowledge of God. Hmm. And that's, you know, it's, it's, it's no more complicated than that. I'm not going to go into the whole rest of, of that because it'll, it'll take too long. Mm-hmm. So, so he basically he's saying, look, uh, he, here's the battle we got to fight. Mm-hmm. We have got to we have got to choose to pull down any of these things that have altered our perception to such a degree that we have exalted somebody's opinion. We have exalted some doctrinal position above the revealed knowledge of God. And the revealed knowledge of God is always about the Word of God that has been written. And Paul said, we got to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. In other words, what did Christ accomplish by His obedience? Not what did I accomplish, not what did somebody else accomplish, not how did they get healed, not, not how, what is this person's testimony. Those can all be encouragements. But the thing is, I want everything to reshape or reaffirm or redirect my perception to where I am looking at life. I'm looking at my life, no matter what mess it might be in right now, I'm looking at my life from the perspective of the finished work of Jesus. Bam. That's yeah, it. Bam, bam, bam. And when I do that, I will have a change of perception. In other words, and that yeah. is where the argument is pulled down. It don't matter how many times you plead the blood. It don't matter how many times you rebuke the devil. Mm-hmm. You have not freed yourself from the snare of the devil until you have freed yourself from the, the uh, arguments, the dogma, the yeah. teachings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of the education that you got or whatever yeah. that causes you to see something, to have a perception different mm-hmm. than what we have through the finished work of Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I'm so thankful that you took that time to just, at the end of this podcast, to just really bring it back to that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and what we have in the finished work of who he is. Because that's that's the powerful that's the powerful conception right there of new beginnings. Yep. And, um, and we're no longer in that trap. When our change of perception has, has happens, it's based on Jesus, then we're no longer in the trap. Mm-hmm. So good. What a great episode. What I love yeah. this time really, together. Really it's, fun. Yeah, it was just great. I'm very encouraged. I've got so much hope. And you listeners, I know you are too. And... Um, and we're doing this together. We and I love the shepherd talk today. I love being led. I love talking about that map. I love being freed from the fact that we have to control the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The one that's been going through my mind is that, and you'll hear his voice behind you saying, yeah. "This is the way. Yep. Walk in it. Mm-hmm. This is the way. Such trust. Walk in it. Such yep. peace. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you. 
Good. All right. Well, we'll see you listeners next week. Good. Jim, thank you so much. Well, next week we will take them in the next step in this to understanding God's view and opinion, how to find it, how to see it, how to experience the transformation that comes just from seeing it. Good. Okay. I'm excited. I I love the cliffhangers. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks so much. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week. And again, the journey, it it is that. But remember, together. You know, you're not alone. Right. I think I think that is one of the the schemes of the enemy yep. to think that you're the only one that's experiencing what you're going through. Just not true. Not There's true. a signpost for you. Yeah. And he's saying, this is the way to walk in. Love you. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye.